Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In the city, I'm the psych Heather Abel, and the city is Hollywood, California. Today, I have a very important guest, a very dear friend in my life. His name is Theodore Leaf, and he's a lifestyle expert. I've been dying to have him on the show for a long time. Welcome, Theodore. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And my dad, Gary Abel, is co hosting today. Hi, dad. Hi guys, I don't know if I'm co-hosting, but I want to. I, I want to get more on Theodore Lee for sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I know. Careful what you wish for. Theodore is amazing, and I've talked to my dad before um, about Theodore because um, he's been in my life for several, several years. And Dad, the first thing you need to know about Theodore is we have basically almost the same birthday. We're both Gemini's. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're deep Gemini's, deep Gemini's, deep Gemini's. And we have partied a few times for our birthday in Palm Springs, dad. And I know you love Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. Are you kidding? I know. So Theodore can throw a killer party. Theodore, tell us about your parties first. That's most important. Well, it's funny because growing up, I wasn't allowed to have friends over. So I have overcompensated and become like the party person now. Um, I love to set up a space and set the stage for people to have fun and enjoy themselves and have an unexpected experience where everything was thought of. And it just it brings me so much joy to do that and create that space. And just to sort of set it up and then press play and see what happens. I just love it. And the thing is, it all comes down to, for me, the feeling. It's not about a china pattern or a color story or this or that. It's really about, you know, creating a feeling. And when you walk into a space that's been really thought of and a party that's really well planned, you don't see the planning. You just feel taken care of and excited it's so important um my spiritual mantra is simple it's two words and it's have fun i think at this point in the game that's the most important thing as far as being spiritual have fun and laugh if you force a laugh then you can't stop laughing if you if you've ever tried it like try it right now like therapy right i mean have fun laugh it's very important so i don't know theodore just to me embodies fun and as a lifestyle expert it it, it, he embodies beauty as well and our charts um that are very similar i I, are about beauty theodore and myself so it's so funny you say that because the people need to know i actually started my career as a hairstylist yeah, and you also worked at a bridal salon as a kid mm-hmm, in, Ohio, my family in Ohio. It's yes, like ma'am. we both come from small towns. We both are drawn to beauty. We both sort of want to fill the world with sparkles and rainbows. And that's why we wound up in L.A. You know? That's exactly yeah. why you're in L.A. Can I, can I unpack something there that you just brought up for me? It's sure. so interesting. So Heather and I both came from small towns, and I don't know about you, but since the third grade, I had a countdown timer until I could get out of Dodge. Like, I could not wait to get somewhere where something was going on, you know? And it's been interesting this past year, Heather, it's been weighing really heavy on my heart, I realized, because our city is so unplugged, I almost, I guess I'm feeling like I'm back in Ohio. Because there's nothing going on. There's nothing to do. Like, there's that, you don't have that buzz that you and I love. 
Um, and because we're both Gemini's, it's like we love it and then we hate it and then we love it and then we hate it. But I was just curious if you felt the same way, like uh, a strange thing that reminds you of feeling like you lived in a small town. Oh, my God. Yes. And dad, you can speak to this. Was I not going insane growing up? I can talk to that. It's uh, it's so insane that you say that, Theodore, because Heather, when she was a little girl, she I, I call her my little butterfly. As soon as she saw neon lights, she just fluttered off as quick as she could. Because she's so the cutest thing. She just wasn't built for the country or log house living or any of it. And then then they took her to Tahoe where they thought that she was going to fit right in, wrapped her up in ski gear, and she very much didn't fit in ski gear, sliding down mountains. And then, uh uh. No, and and to speak to what you're saying, Theodore, it's like it's so fucking boring right now. And the only way I can get my jollies is going to like, you know, shop somewhere with a mask on. I'm looking through clothing and, and fragrances and things like this and something that's tangible and I can touch and, and, and feel and look at and, you know, something beautiful and something nice. But it's, it's just, it's really depressing. Yeah, I feel you. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I, I never really connected that. I didn't connect it because... I live in Laurel Canyon, so I kind of live in this really interesting community where it's like the woods. I hear coyotes. I see hawks every morning on my walk. Nice, like, dude. I, yeah, so I get this magical sort of juxtaposition, but to your point, Heather, without having that buzz, I feel like, why am I not just in Montana, you know, like at this point, like what the heck? <laughs> But as you circle it back, it's like, we're not built for that. I'm built for that for like a week or a weekend. But then like, you know, I need to go see like, uh, I don't know, a museum or like a movie premiere or like, like, can I just tell you? So I met up with my friend the other night. We went to Soho House. She walks in the door wearing the highest heels, nude tone, black jeans, black leather jacket, blowout. And Love I it. almost lost my kitty. I <laughs> I went straight for five seconds. Like I was just like <laughs> a woman in heels and a lip on and a leather coat looking hot. I was like, oh my God, I missed that. Because that was like one of the things in Ohio. Like everybody, nobody dressed to go anywhere because there was nowhere to go. And if y'all are from Ohio, please don't be mad at me. That was just my perspective. <laughs> and that that's really why I became a hairstylist was because I like wanted to be able to share a little bit of joy and glamour with the, the people, you know, when there's nowhere to go, it's like, I mean, I guess I'm just going to do a blowout for myself at home. And I swear it's like when I go to the grocery store, I wear every ring I have, I look like Magda. Cause I'm just like, you got to see all of it at once. Cause you know, I won't be back out for a week. <laughs> Are you kidding? I have been dressing up every fucking day, even if it's just to be at home. I mean, you just said I look like I stepped off Rodeo Drive. I can't not dress up, Theodore. I love it. Well, I fell into a slump from March until like maybe midsummer where I just, I looked terrible and I felt terrible. And now it's like, I feel like I've turned to the other corner and everyone's saying, you know, we're going to be heading into the roaring 20s. People are going to be wearing suits. People are going to be wearing short haircuts. People are going to be just pressed. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we got to keep these dry cleaners in business, girl. Mm-hmm. Like, we got made-to-measure suits, you know, because the thing is, like, if you can – I don't know why I'm going off on this tangent, but you said we could talk about oh, it. I love it. But, you know, if you can work from home, right, then when you do get the opportunity to be in a professional business setting, you better come correct. Mm-hmm. You better come yeah. as chairman of the board That's or chairwoman well, well or chairperson. Said. Well you. said, Theodore. Heather's, Heather's great-grandfather, my grandfather, was a, a surgeon in L.A. in the 30s. And he, granddad's thing with all of us was, you have to have a professional appearance. I don't care what you do. He says, never walk out the front door unless you are done. Ready I love go. that. Oh, yeah. that was your great-grandfather, you said? Yeah, my great-grandfather, or Heather's great-grandfather, my grandfather. And oh, he had how she He had a little goatee, pluck every little hair by hand, you know, and get just perfectly immaculate. Of course, it was a suit, a tie, and the whole nine yards. 
but he says you always have to put on a professional appearance. They'd call him from the office with somebody with a leg cut off, and he'd spend an hour getting ready to go there. (laughs) (laughs) It was more important than anything. (laughs) Well, I I I hope that guy felt confident, you know, when he rolled when he strolled in there, you know, in his in his Duesenberry. Uh, You you do he you do he did anywhere he went, he had that presence. He was like like you guys. How about how he had like a twenty year old wife when he was (laughs) seventy? He was married married seven times and he never got divorced. He outlived every wife. He worked him to death. He'd get him up at night to have him type because he'd have these brainstorms. How how long did you have him? How old was he when he he passed? Granddad was 87. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. He had all of his grandkids around. He had tons of kids, tons of grandkids. And on his deathbed, that was in L.A. And he was telling us all we were in our teens. And he was telling us all when he got up that we were all going to Guatemala to put in a mission. Oh, well, all right. Okay. (laughs) We were were supposed to get ready for when he got up. (laughs) I asked that because I'm fortunate enough to have my grandfather. He's 82. And he golfed like five times a week. He's a rock star. Let me tell you, that man will not leave his bedroom until he has sprayed his hairspray and parted his hair. I, he used to garden in old office work shoes and old office trousers. Uh, Adorable. We'd be spreading mulch, and the man was like, never saw yes. him in a tennis shoe. I saw him in jeans for the first time like 10 years ago, and I almost fell over dead. Yeah. So, Theodore, you know, I, I got to tell you, so when uh, back to Palm Springs, I took my dad once to Toucans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was very popular. He's a handsome he, guy. He was. He was a, a considered a bear. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that several people were, you know, just getting real handsy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's so funny about the gay community is like if you're a good looking guy any age you're hot like we're like listen listen yeah. we're not ageists over here some <laughs> queens are but like you'll roll up in there and you know it's like you can be in your 60s and 70s and like someone is also in their 60s and 70s and they're in a leather harness ready to say hello <laughs> yes and my dad's so friendly he's very warm and he looks everyone in the eyes and stuff so it was it was very hilarious you know we had a you good probably time. had to protect him i did dad did you have a fun time at toucans i had a blast are you kidding it, it was an absolute blast and everybody was friendly and they got along with everybody and we all we all had a good time it's like we all see it you know <laughs> was there a drag show or anything fun no, it was just a. Uh, uh, everybody was pretty drunk. It was late in the evening, so we went in and we drank right along with them. And, and um, yeah, it was a blast. We had a really good time. It's Palm Springs. I mean, oh, of course. How could you have Let, a bad time? I have to tell you something funny. So my husband and I, um, we met when I was twenty three, and so I joke that I gave him the best years of my life. But um, <laughs> we, when we, when we met, like we started playing house and like got an apartment and you know started like hosting parties and holidays and stuff and then sort of after my 30th and we moved to new york we started going on gay cruises and so we sort of you know started going out more and drinking and having fun and all that and on the cruises have you ever been on a cruise i have been on a cruise. oh god yeah he has so gay cruises it's half the food and twice the booze oh my god <laughs> at the end of it when they when they tally all of it it, like they have to go in and get like more vodka at every port because oh they literally God. can't carry enough vodka on the boat or it'll sink. Or it'll sink. Yeah. Well, Theodore, is it, it with that much booze? Is there like violence and stuff, or does it get? Oh you know, no. no! 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 See, that's the biggest. Fantastic. The biggest crimes on a gay cruise are crimes of bad fashion. I love Dad, it. don't you understand that gay means happy? Yes, that's fantastic. You know? And that's the thing, Theodore, to speak about the gay community for a minute. My father, you know, we were ra- we were in the on an Indian reservation on a commune in the middle of nowhere. We had this guy Johnny down at the 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 store. I mean, literally, our town was population one hundred. 
I managed to find the only gay man in, in the universe, in, in our middle of nowhere, and Johnny down at the general store, and he was an older man, and that was my best friend. I was like, because I, I love the aesthetic, you know, and so my... And everybody, you know, and everybody, all the, the straight community, the whole community worshipped John, because he took care of his grandma, he took care of everybody that needed to take care of, he was just that guy. He just mm-hmm. took it on and did it. You know, it was like, oh, this is just a part of life. Whereas everybody else is like, I don't know, man. Do I have time for that? Well, it's like, dad, when you ask, because <laughs> my dad's like a rough and tumble guy. And it's like, yeah, did a fight break out? I, I just can't see a gay fucking, you know, fight breaking out. It's like, it's no, like, it's like I when know. you're, when you're smoking weed, are you in a fight? No. But when you drink, yeah, you're in a fight. So it's like, it's like, yes, yeah, straight people would have a big old brothel fight, but not. I'm sure it happened, but like, <laughs> honestly, what I, what I will, I want to also punctuate what I absolutely have to share, which is so cool is you'll go on that boat and in the beginning, I'll try not to cry. In the beginning, when they do the thing, it's called the muster station, and they show you where your lifeboat is and all that. Yes. The the cruise director, so this is the fun thing. We bring, we meaning the company that does it, that we hire, that we are part, you know, that we they basically rent the boat, okay? And the whole huge, giant, 3,000 persons, you know, guest cruise ship. And they bring their own staff to do all the entertainment. They bring their own cruise director. They bring their own DJs. They bring their own lighting. We bring everything. And it's like me renting a house in Palm Springs. I'm like, move the sofa over here. (laughs) So I love it. Anyway, we go on and the cruise director, every single cruise, he says, okay, I want you all to look around the room and I want you to look at all the older men. And he says, these men are the reason that you're here. Oh, wow. And, and, and you need, he said, and he, he implores us to, say hello, be curious, don't be on the elevator and not talk, blah, blah, blah. So it creates this environment where people, old, young, fat, skinny, tall, short, are all accepted. And I've seen it happen a million times, and I've done it. I'll be on um, the elevator with a gentleman in a wheelchair that's old as dirt, and I'm like, hey, honey, did you get off at the port? Blah, blah, blah. Are you going to the white party later? I'll see. I'll see you there. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I remember there was this gentleman. He was really, really a large gentleman. And he was always wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He was um, Australian. And every single party, I always went up to him because he always wanted to see my outfit. And just, you know, flirted a bit. And it was just, uh-huh. it's joy rising. It's the summer camp that we never had growing yes. up as gay kids. And so it. it is fun to sort of see my community in this, you know, floating island kind of situation where it's all just magic and happy. Oh, that's so beautiful, Theodore. I mean, that's no, that's is. how I was taught by my dad is just like all inclusive, love everyone, you know. And I was so naive when I got to the city. I was like, wait. Everyone doesn't love everyone. What the fuck's going on here? I mean, oh my god, that must have been really jarring, especially because here it's on the surface you think everyone's great, and one of my very best friends is like that, and I'm just sort of like you're crazy until proven sane. Yeah. <laughs> if I meet you here, I just <laughs> I just assume that most people are are not my people here right. in town. Right. And that I'm going to have, I certainly have my guard up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But for you coming from where you came from, that must have been very hard to develop. Oh my God, girl, I still can't figure it out. You know, it's like, I'm so without boundaries, so naive. It's like, I say shit that's totally out there. Cause it's like, my dad just said, dude, everyone's the same. Love everyone. And so you're, you get in a lot of trouble actually. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. You're at that age where you're getting paranoid. You still have to come at everybody as really good people. People are really good for the most part. You guys being from small towns getting to L.A., we, of course you were, you, you know, the predators all you sought you out because you were so naive. So you probably did meet a, a lot of the bad. Oh, right? oh, oh. If there's a crazy chick, it was always the chicks. I never yeah. had any problem with the guys. I'm not, I don't mean to be rude. I'm just being honest. 
Yes. If there's a crazy chick, just like you found the one gay guy in the town of 100, I find all the nut jobs. There you that, go. <laughs> you know, I mean, they are, and they always are like, you know, the wolf in sheep's clothing, just completely. Yeah. Oh, everything's light and bright, and then it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. There's you know. Oh. the devil in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> oh I had this girl, literally, I will never forget this girl. She was a PR girl and she was kind of connected. And so we would go to events and parties and stuff. I remember I was doing someone's hair. I had just gotten my first nice BMW of my whole life. I moved to LA in like a crappy Saturn and having a new car, a nice car was like getting a facelift, you know, for a 20 something back then. <laughs> and, and, I look up and I realize this bitch took my car oh, to no. the bank. <laughs> and she comes back and I'm like, excuse me. And she's like, oh, I just, and I was like, you took my car? Oh, <laughs> crazy no. person? What the hell? Theodore. Me, way crazier things than that, but it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so Theodore, dad, Theodore's a great manifester. He's very success oriented. He's worked with like, Martha Stewart, Taylor Swift, like big stars. He's done TV, tons of TV, all kinds of cool stuff. But Theodore, I just want to know, like, we're into manifesting you and I, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have any secrets to manifesting? I mean, you've come from humble beginnings. You've created this world of opulence and beauty for yourself. What are your secrets if for people out there? What would be your secrets to manifestation if you had this wisdom to give anyone i love this question because you're reminding me that i need to take my own advice i'm old school <laughs> in that like i moved here and i think in 2005 i watched the secret mm -hmm. and i was like oh this is cool and i made my vision board and i was sitting there watching the secret and i remember i said all right if if this is real the next car I see when I look out my apartment window is going to be the next like the car I want uh -oh. and a BMW drives right by wow. and I was like okay that's interesting so then I did this whole vision board and I just my the way I do it is I just look through magazines with no intention just go for what draws you kind of thing and I ended up with this beautiful vision board and it had a dishwasher, it had a stainless steel stove, it had two guys sitting outside of a cabin with a fire, it had a pool, it had a beach vacation, like all these things. And I swear to you, I've done every single thing on that vision board nice. <laughs> verbatim. So my secret is, it's that whole thing that Oprah says, you have to dream bigger because the thing is like, there's so much more for you than you even think. So for me, I need to do that again because I'm kind of a little bit rudderless at the moment because I have been able to accomplish so much. But just like Heather, I get bored and I'm like unimpressed with myself and I just need to move on to the next thing. So my advice to anybody else is just like make it a regular part of your life that you're constantly reevaluating and pushing the envelope to move forward whatever that means for you and that's going to be really unique to all of us oh beautifully said beautifully said i want to tell the story i think my dad will really like this story but when we started we worked together for a while theodore we we um we met doing this pilot dad do you remember karma girls Yes, absolutely. Okay, so so we were doing this pilot called Karma Girls, myself and a shaman, and it 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 almost made it to uh, it was sold to Lifetime, and then um, the shop the first shaman got greedy and weird, and then the next shaman didn't fit, and it was just like it had to be shaman drama, and so then it was dropped. But Theodore was on a show, and they were like merging our shows. It's just all this stuff. And so Theodore comes over to my house in Venice. He walks through the door and he has on, was it yellow shoes, Theodore? Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember those. Yeah, bright yellow shoes. And I said, the minute I saw the shoes, I said, I love this guy. I love him. Oh, it's the first time you've met him, man? Yeah, but Daddy had on bright yellow shoes. I was like, how could I not love this person? 
Of course, of course. <laughs> and I read him and it was effortless. It was like everything started flowing. And that day I was like, I just like Theodore. The rest of the day was kind of whatever, but I just like Theodore. And so we bonded and I, I started seeing him for a while and we dealt with some of his father's stuff, right? Theodore, do you want to tell the story? Girl, I got so much baggage. <laughs> <laughs> you got your Louis Vuitton luggage? Well, I sure do. Well, you know, it was really striking because I was kind of an unofficial co-producer of the show. Mm -hmm. And I was really skeptical because it didn't make sense for us to do this for the show that I was doing. The show was called Dirty Little Beauty Secrets. And coming and having a reading really didn't have a lot to do with that. They just were like, we have budget for this, so we're going to use this thing. So I was just sort of like walking in like, this is weird, whatever. And I didn't have anything against psychics or anything. I just was like, meh, meh. Yeah, the world of TV is so <laughs> bizarro. I Yeah, I was just like, why do I have to come all the way out to Venice? <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, I, I walked in. So that was part of their production was they sent you to see the psychic. Yeah, yeah. I love so, it. Because love they it. already had cam, you know, they already had the budget for a crew. So they just sort of split it in so they could get fresh tape on your girl. I love it. So I walk in and I'm kind of like, whatever. And um, I sit down and she just goes in. There's like, it's like a roller coaster that you didn't even get to flip in and lock and get the safety check. It was wow. hard and fast. Wow. And what was so it, what was so striking to me was the instantaneous part. So basically I sit down and she's like, I I see a very strong female energy in your in your family, but I don't see like a strong male energy at all or some version of that. And I was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And she's like, I don't know how we got to it, but basically she figured out, or I said that I've never met my biological father wow. and she doesn't skip a beat. And she says, he's never going to reach out to you. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah, she I said, mean, now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, now I'm in. I'm just crying. Actually, I don't even think I was crying at that moment because I didn't care. I was more like, okay, that's interesting. And, you know, she kind of pointed out my husband and she knew the letters. Like, she's on it. Like, she's got it. But um, what was so interesting about that was she says, you know, I don't really see a relationship there. He's yeah. never going to reach out to you. And if you want to, ever meet this person it's on you that, that was the long and short of the conversation and so i think less than a year later i finally met him um which was crazy because i had already met my brother who was his son and my half brother and did i just reach out to him yeah. i did i okay. did and it was the clarity so here's the story when you're a little boy and you see all these commercials and all these other little boys with their dads playing t-ball and then you're gay you're like, well, if my dad was around, I would play football. And if my dad was around, I would play t-ball. And if I, you know, so maybe he's going to come one day. Maybe like one day everything's going to change. And like, maybe he's doing all these other great things with someone else. Like, it's very dark, actually. Yeah, no. It's very dark. But I was surrounded by love. I had a wonderful upbringing. My grandparents, my mother, like everyone. I was. I have so many people that love me unconditionally that are supportive of me that I am. I have too many. It's crazy. Um, so love anyway, the point being is like, I don't want you to think it was like a sad, sad story. But as a little boy, that's what goes through your head. So I was trying to preserve the opportunity for this man to reach out to me in some kind of magical way. You know, which I mean, the best way to reach out to me would be like through a lawyer and say that, you know, there's like $10 million in a box somewhere. For me. That, <laughs> that would be great. That's it. But <laughs> I know, right? But that didn't happen. So, so understanding and look, I mean, you can believe in psychics or not believe in psychics or whatever you want to believe, but like her clarity on that situation empowered me to take that into my own hands and i met him 
and it was like meeting a security guard at the Grove. I did not feel anything. He was a total narcissist. He didn't ask me a lot about me. He talked about himself the whole time. I just, it didn't, it didn't spark anything, just like Heather said. And I was open to everything, but it just didn't, it was so transactional and it freed me from all of those stories that I made up in my head. Yeah, you know, that's a, interesting. It was instant, instant. Wow. And it made me so compassionate for my mother and so grateful for my family that has been around me my whole life. And like, it just, I mean, it was like 10 years of therapy in an hour meeting this person. And he's now in a situation where he's about to not be verbal, like because of his health. And my sister called me that his daughter, I know it's, there's a lot of people flying around. It's a little complicated. And she said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that like our dad is not doing well. And like, he's probably not going to be able to communicate with like communicate soon. So if you have any, like anything you want to say or any questions you have, or if there's any unfinished, whatever, you should probably get on it. And so I sort of sat back. It struck me and I was like, okay. And I spent the whole day thinking about it. And I finished the day realizing I don't have anything to clear up. I really was so grateful that I had those moments that I did to sort of finish that off and put a, put a pin in it. And that unfortunately when he does pass, I won't, feel anything because he was never alive to me and I don't mean that in a negative way I'm just saying like this person was not a part of my life in any way shape or form and so I will be there for my brother or my sister when he does pass and like compassionate for them but I don't see that affecting me like they might think it would if that makes sense so it was, it was the point being this whole story is to say that like just getting some clarity um and believing in that clarity can help you make actual moves in your life so much faster than if you're just talking about stuff. Honey, well, I get it because you're. My dad gets that he had some father figures who were um, really negative impacts on his life, and I think, Dad, you can definitely speak to that. No, I, I, I feel it. At, at theater, I'm sorry that it that that's the way it was but yeah the clarity you get when you did that i had seven stepdads and so of course i wasn't very popular with them because <sighs> my, my mom my mom and heather's grandma was very attractive and fickle so you know, mm -hmm. so there was a lot of a lot of stepdads involved and of course i was just baggage you know that comes that's how you feel right yeah and that's how i think that's because that's how you are <laughs> Yeah. But I think also it's 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 actually quite beautiful and healthy and that you're just moving through it, Theodore, you know, and that you move through it and there is no guilt or anything of that sort. And the fact that you're compassionate enough to be there for your brother and sister in itself is enough. It's it's absolutely beautiful. And it's something we went through together. And I, I will always cherish those moments with you, you know. I mean, that I don't know. I don't know what could be a bigger mystery in my life than that whole situation. Like I, there's nothing I can think of that could carry more that that was so that needed to be handled exactly the way it was handled. I don't know how else to say it. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. I needed exactly what I got, but I want to ask your dad. It's so interesting because I've also done a, a, like some other work with um, a therapist as well. And what's so interesting is I actually came to her because I was listening to a podcast and in this podcast, these gals, these gals have this podcast. They were talking about like their design sensibility and what they said is, Oh, sort of flippantly. Well, you know, at the end of the day, my goal is really just to create a home that's welcome to children. And I heard that and I fell over. I was so struck. Because what it brought up for me that I realized was that my home was not welcome to children. Like I said, I wasn't allowed to have friends over, this and that. Wow. And so when you said that you felt like baggage, I've never really talked to anyone 
that's been in the same situation I was in. I didn't have seven stepdads. I just had two. One beat the shit out of me every day for three years, and the other one acted like I was invisible. And we literally had to be so quiet in the morning, so we had to use plastic spoons in our cereal bowls so they wouldn't clink. Like, what are we talking about? And so to hear you experience similar things, it makes me feel less alone and less crazy because I'm like, this is unacceptable. Like there are other people out there that are creating these beautiful environments that are all about children. And then there's other people that are living in environments where they're trying to like minimize their existence. And it's just the reality. I didn't do it, but I, I grew up in it and you grew up in it. And so it's so nice to hear Heather's version of events of her life. And it's clearly like there was space for her. Well, my dad was just nothing but love is nothing but love. Thank God I had a good dad because I don't I've never had a bad boyfriend. You know, it's like, thank God. I think that that trickles over to these insane women you're talking about, Theodore. I think the basis of insane women is having a a bad dad. You know, it's like then you have to deal with all that shit going through life. It's like processing the bad dad. Right. So, I mean, that goes, there's a lot of deep stuff around that, but I I just think, you know, I've manifested a lot of good, great guys in my life because my dad is so great, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, at least I don't have to deal with that one element. I have a lot of other shit I'm dealing with, but at least the one element of like, you know, all guys are dogs and all that theory is like not something I deal with. I've had great husbands and boyfriends and you know i've always manifested good good stuff there because my dad is so fucking awesome you know (laughs) i I, want to ask your i first of all i love that but i want to ask your dad because i don't plan on having children ever um but i were you because of your experience did you feel like you almost had to overcompensate to make sure that like things went well because they didn't go well for you growing up absolutely and they but the thing is theodore we always threw the whole thread we had mom and mom and we were just as tight as we could be and we were mom's uh babies and she treated us as such you know and so the 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 husband's coming and going and all that the domestic violence all that stuff of course but yeah of course i tried to overcompensate and and Maybe because um, I didn't have any rules for how to be a father, you know. Mm-hmm. And grandma was magic, Theodore. You would have loved her so glamorous and gorgeous and fun. And she was a little partier. And oh, my God, she was fun. I love that. And she'd be like in a pink bikini and, and like meet my boyfriend and be like, oh, my God, excuse me. I can't believe I don't have anything on. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I love it. Hilarious. Uh, Heather, you're going to be the same way. Don't even, <laughs> don't even try me. Right? Oh, my we'll God. We'll be at Palm Springs. Your hands are going to look like golden raisins, and she's going to be like, hey, honey. Hey, honey. <laughs> <laughs> golden raisins. It's so true. Can you put a little a little sunscreen yeah. on my lower back, <laughs> honey? A little something on this. Yeah. It's so true. You're going to smell like violets and marble reds. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Marble like, reds. No I'm, no, I'm kidding. Like Lady Fair cigarettes. Even though if you don't smoke them, they're just there. Oh, my God. I'm going to totally start smoking again in my old age. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, honey. Yes. With and you'll you'll use a cigarette extender because it filters it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so we have to take my dad. Where should we take my dad when he comes to town? Is is anything fucking open? Could you go anywhere? Oh my god. Um, you yeah. I mean, just figure out the best restaurants that have outdoor seating. Okay. That's good. I mean, but you can't. There's no like museums. There's no. I mean, I I keep driving by the Academy Awards museum or the Academy Museum, just losing my mind because it looks so stunning and it's like going to open in 2064. Okay, so I want you, Theodore, to tell my dad what it was like to work with Martha Stewart because my dad loves Martha Stewart. I do love Martha. Oh, Stewart. you do. That's oh, so funny. What do you love about Martha Stewart? First I of all. I just love that she's so calm and straightforward and she just produces the shit out of things. It's like she could just get it done. You know, she just operates on that level, but she stays real mellow, seems unstressed. And you know that her life is so 
of hectic and full that it's got to be like every minute, every waking minute that girl's on. She loves it. Uh, yes. And in person, in production, because I've, I've met her in different street scenarios. I've met her at things that are as simple as like a book signing. And then I was actually on one of her shows um, as a guest. Um, and that was so cool because I got to see her in her element. And the thing is, to your point, she's the most decisive person you've ever heard of. And I am I find myself to be quite decisive as well. And decisive people that aren't in power seem to almost have to apologize for it. And I'm yes. like, not that person. I'm, I'm not as powerful as she is yet. But um, especially being a woman, I think it obviously rubbed people the wrong way. But watching her in action... <laughs> she does operate on a different playing level in that she just is so assertive and so focused and razor sharp. But she's, she's at this point, she has fun with it. I'll tell you a little, a little ditty. So we're on set. I'll tell you two little ones. So we're on set and this person walks through the door and, um, God, so many things happened, but, Basically, one of the things that happened is all the power went out. And she gets on these, like, she has phones everywhere, like office phones. She yeah. opens the phone up and, like, does this intercom thing. She's 135 acres. She gets on the intercom and basically, like, every bird in every tree heard her. <laughs> and she was like, someone plugged something in and the, all the houses have names. So someone plugged something in in the summer house. The power went out. Whoever did it, come to the kitchen and show us what you plugged in. (laughs) So there's this guy that shows up. He looks like he works at Jurassic Park. He's got like the vest on, the hat. It's raining. And he's like whispering in her ear, like having a quiet conversation over the side. And she's like freaking out because the all of her stoves are commercial. And there's a specific fan that makes sure that the gas is like doing what it's supposed to do. And she says, if this fan goes out, my canaries are going to die again. Like, like it did last time. Oh, she was nervous that the canaries were going to get gassed. Okay. So then the power comes right back on. We move along with production, blah, blah, blah. I leave the set. I'm in a car. I'm being driven around Bedford to go to the train. And I look around like, God, Bedford's really quiet at 6 p.m., huh? It's like super dark out. And the driver's like, oh, no, there's there's no power anywhere. There's a massive storm. Like the only wow. power is at Martha's house because she wow. has like a million generators. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my God, like no one plugged anything in. There was just a massive storm and all the power went out that's, everywhere. That's hilarious. <laughs> but it, and that little pause was when, when the emergency generators went on. They, they feel the outage and they come back on. That's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And and then, but then she immediately didn't skip a beat. She just went right back to working. Like she yes. didn't, you know, once she realized like that no one had done anything, she moved on. But it was so funny. And then a little bit before this all happened or somewhere, at, maybe after or whatever, she just says, like, if they're about to go, go. She's like, we really need to hurry up. I have a four o'clock appointment. <laughs> no, I have a four o'clock doctor's appointment. That's what she it. says. I love it. Oh my and God. everyone panics, like because I'm sitting facing her, and she giggles to us, like we're in on the joke. Yeah, like, okay. like she's like, she's like, I'm just gonna get these people riled up. I, yeah. But she also was keeping them on their toes so that they would move faster. Because yeah. I mean, as Heather knows, like in production. I mean, every second is an hour. It's just like, yep. it can, if one little thing goes wrong or slows down, you're there forever. So yep. she was keeping everyone on pace. You know what's funny about generators, Theodore, is like my parents, both my mom and my dad have generators because they live in the freaking woods, right? So it's like, it's a very, it's it's either the wealthy or the people who live in the middle of freaking nowhere have generators. <laughs> So I'm always like, if the end of the world comes, I'm going to my dad's because he has a generator. A hundred percent. It is the wealthier, but it's the same way with who who gets to walk 
real slow with the crosswalk. You're either super rich or super poor. Nobody else gets to walk slow with the crosswalk. Oh, that's so funny. Because you have time on your hands. If you're wealthy, if you're poor, you have time on your hands. Super poor or super rich. They don't. Yeah. So, okay, this is the one thing. We have to find Cameron Diaz because my dad's in love with her. So I thought Theodore knows celebrities, so we have to find Cameron. Y'all are a mess. Where should we find her, Theodore? Where should we find her? I I mean, I love her, too. She's great. Like, physically? Have you ever done her hair or anything? Yeah, just who she is. But let's get no tragic. Let's go back to let's go back to Martha Stewart and her demeanor and her and Snoop Dogg. That's why they gelled. Nobody can understand why they gelled. It's completely obvious to me. Their souls inside are exactly the same. That smooth, mellow, right? And then everything on the top is dressing. That's how I picture. <laughs> that's that's a great point. That is. My dad knows Snoop Dogg. Get this. My dad did business with Snoop Dogg. They they worked together when uh, around the time of my first wedding. So they're they're actually tight. That's so cool. I know. So you're, he's closer to Martha than we all knew. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So okay, let's let's That was all South Central in the seventies. <laughs> it was a little different then. <laughs> hey Dad, I wanna end it with any wisdom you have for Theodore today. Oh, my God. I, I love him. I don't see what in the world I could possibly help with, except the dad thing, you know. The, on the dad thing, it, it's like it was his loss. You do understand that, Theodore. It's not your loss. It's his loss. I I feel no loss about it at all. I feel nothing. Yes. I literally, I, I feel, I don't have any animosity about it. And I also, I just pivoted. I just, yeah, I pivot and focus on all the great people that have been put in my life to Good. get me where I needed to be. Um, I don't even feel like it's his loss. I feel like actually it's what needed to happen happened. And I'm blessed that I all, I actually feel like I dodged a bullet. Can my dad adopt you, Theodore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's the karmic reason for this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. I love, I it. love it. I love it. Okay, you're you're one of my kids. Fantastic. <laughs> and if you ever want to wear all my turquoise jewelry when I meet you. See you in Palm Springs. Honey, I'll be there. I'll be at the Tropical having a martini. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both. Theodore, what would be your spiritual advice for anyone who is um feeling down or dark or sad during this time of the pandemic, um, what would you say to them? I have something perfect to say because honestly, I have felt down and dark and messy through this whole thing. And honestly, it really got to me. I was terrified. I was prepping for the apocalypse. I was canning everything in sight. <laughs> and I really was. And And I couldn't get out of it. I could not. I would try and I'd have so many false starts. And I swear to you, only last week, I was in the car from Palm Springs, actually. And I just decided I'm going to fake it till I make it. I am going Good. to reclaim my joy and my positivity. And I'm pushing all the other stuff away. I'm, I'm just faking it. I'm acting like everything's great. And I'm busy, and I'm in demand, and I'm motivated, and I'm excited, and I have things to look forward to, and I have a reason to set the alarm. And it was so interesting. I, I set the alarm every single day, Monday through Friday this week. And I did my Peloton for an hour. I did this, and I did that. And I swear to you, just saying that and going with it, it works. It yep. just works. It That's does. Cool. That's beautiful. But that's the way you do it, because all that we all have those impulses and stuff. And if you play into them, then that yes, you have the right to be happy, and you have the right to change that deep dark fuck. It's like, hey, screw the pandemic and screw the TV and screw whatever else they think's going on here. I have the right to be happy. All this bullshit coming at us from the computers and the all the the other medias and stuff. It's all nonsense. God, that is such a profound quote. I have the right to be happy. Yes, yeah. you are. That's a that's a 
and you that's know a, that's a tweeter that's what uh that's what oprah would say and john john lennon once said if you pretend to be happy you'll be happy yep and Theodore, August, you have a major TV show coming your way in which you are the star. So just chill. Girl, I'm ready for it. I lost the weight. I feel good. Where's What weight? Where's my magnifying glass? I lost 15 <laughs> pounds. Oh, my God. And it was 15 pounds of BS. Just, <laughs> no, for real, it was. It was Manhattans and homemade bread and, you know, it was fine. But, like, I really, really, really realized I was like, I don't feel like myself. I don't look like myself. Like, it, And and here's the thing. I'm going to leave everyone with this. I've been in the beauty industry since I was 19 years old. Um, as a hairstylist, what's so fascinating is I could charge someone $500 for their hair and they would gladly pay it. Because I created a feeling. They look yep. in the mirror and they feel lighter, brighter, sexy, sophisticated, whatever they want to feel. Yep. And that's the thing is like, it's all about creating and embodying a feeling. So it's all about feeling for me, everything. It's not just about, because the thing is, if you don't feel it, it doesn't matter. It is. And Theodore, you've got that down. You understand this in your transformation the last couple of weeks is huge. But go back to the eating, like homemade breads and all this stuff. You knew that was wrong for you. You knew your body was starting to pollute and feel funky and all that. But you kept doing it. You also, along with the right to be happy, you have the right to be depressed and go into a funk. So that's, that's a great business. point. So... It's funny you say that. That's right, Dad. But I have something to say, which is I'm so your twin, Theodore, in that I always say psychic ability is feeling, not thinking. It's about feeling. Everything is about a feeling. That's when you're in your soul connection. That's when you're with God. That's when you're with the universe, right? Feeling. So what you're talking about is the art of beauty. The art of beauty. You are an artist. I like that. Well, and the point of my art is to inspire others. It's not to like make art and sell it. It's to do me on in platforms where my message can be multiplied. Yes. And honey, you're, I mean, dad, my dad builds homes, you know, and if, if he were to see dad, if you were to see Theodore's place, it is absolute art it is exquisite in every way i i've never seen a more beautiful home and i feel that i have a taste factor and i love my home but theodore's is immaculate it's absolutely stunning and it's it's got a ralph Lauren vibe but just like uh, times 10 it's beautiful oh thank you my love i've just been literally spending the entire weekend i sent my husband to san diego because we needed a, you know, normally we would be doing business trips and stuff and you'd have some time to yourself. And we haven't, we have not been apart for a weekend in a year. So wow. I was like, you go there. I need to like reorganize the house. And I've, I've definitely snatched her kitty together. It is gorgeous, dad. You'd die for his house. Texture's the same deal. You know, that's the feeling. It's all feeling. You know, when you walk into a place, it's like the party when you started this, you know, when you put a party together. I've been to those where you walk in and immediately I was immersed in it and welcomed there and part of it. And then I walked in once and we're like, oh, where do we start? I got to work the room a little. Maybe I'll go talk to this guy. I know him or, you know, that bullshit. But yeah, when you set the stage, the same in architecture, you go, when I've designed a house, it's I get lost in this fog because it's, uh, it's about function, of course, but it's also about how you're going to feel in that in that wandered around in there and doing you know living in there and doing the spaces and all that it's not about views and furniture walls and all that you know all that comes into play but it's it's more the feel of that of that structure outrageous and it's also not about money because i've walked into so many people's houses that have money and it's literally yeah. feels like i'm in a bad catalog yeah. <laughs> oh my god my dad says that all the time about his clients absolutely <laughs> The worst, the Napa Valley was the worst building for the people in Napa Valley because they all came from somewhere else, most of them from the tech industry, and come up to Napa Valley and they want to have one of those winery-looking houses and they were all just, oh my God, 
okay, we've done this. You know, you're, you're like, listen. you're like, if you say the words under the Tuscan sun one more time, <laughs> I'm going to levitate. That's it. Mediterranean revival meets (laughs) under the Tuscan sun in Venice on the regatta. (laughs) Oh my God, you guys. You so got it. So, um, Theodore, this is what I would like to ask Theodore a favor. When my dad comes to town, I want to go to your house for dinner and I want you, my dad's mind gets fucking blown by food. Like he's one of those people that's like, Holy shit, what is this? Oh my God, this is the best fish I've ever had in my entire fucking life. Like, <laughs> so I'd like for dad and I to come up to be sort of um, greedy and ask you for a dinner invite when dad's We'll in make town. it happen. It's been way too long. Absolutely. Oh my God. Theodore makes the dad, his food will bl- blow your mind. Do you know what to make, do you know what to make tonight? What? I'm going to sous vide a ribeye. And I'm gonna sear it and butter baste it with thyme and garlic. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Dad, how does that sound? With a shredded Brussels sprout salad that's like cooked a little bit with pine nuts. Yeah, stop it. Yes, Dad, that's the kind of shit he makes. God, it's gonna be a winner. I can't even toast a pop tart. You can't. But you make a mean cocktail and. I I remember I've never seen I've never seen Heather so uncomfortable than when you hosted a party and you walked into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you walked in and you were like, "Now what is this room again?" Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. There's all this there's all this clinking and is this a closet? Yes, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Where do I put my shoes? Why is it not homey? <laughs> oh my god! I've ever and you had your husband in the corner juicing like. I don't know, oranges for like hours. I never got to see anyone. He yeah. just was juicing and, 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 you know, she's like, oh, here's this cocktail. Let's make it. It had 17 ingredients and 34 steps. And she's running around, you know, hostess at the most is, and he's in the weeds back there. Just, oh, can I have another one of those signature cocktails? In her first, her first apartment in LA, I stopped by for the same thing. I went to the kitchen. And I thought, oh my God, there's a kitchen in here. There were some flowers on the table. And I opened her cupboards and it was all Barbie doll dishes. I swear. They're, they're- oh my God. Remember those retro Barbie dishes? Yeah. yeah. Right. They were like, but they were chic, Theodore. It's a long story. But I had these like cutest dishes. That was the nineties or the or I mean the two thousand. I don't know. I love it. Oh. Okay, you guys. So we have a dinner date. Theodore, how do we find you? Where are you? how do people discover you? I'm mostly active on Instagram. I have a website as well, but uh Theodore it's at Theodore Leaf on Instagram. That's the best way to find me these days. And design Design tip. What would be the number one design tip that you would instill in someone who's like, needs help? My number one design tip is make it personal. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you got to make it personal. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you an example of that. Okay. Now. Yeah, Dad, you got to see a little of his place. So, So for everyone listening, we got a note when we were in Paris. When my husband and I were traveling, and it was, are you reading it? We apologize. I'll just tell you. I'll okay. Tell you. So basically, they wrote us a note saying that the walls are really thin and they could hear everything. <laughs> and then when we came home at like 4.40 a.m., they were awoken by sex, noise, and talks. <laughs> And, and it says the walls are very thin with a sad face. And it's like the, the, the handwriting, as you can see, is actually quite beautiful. Oh, my God. And so we framed it. And it's like art on the wall. Oh, like, I love personal. that. Like, I'm sorry. That is cooler than any piece of art I could buy at a store. Because I, it's a piece of our lives. It's fantastic. Oh, and I fabulous. just... I don't do anything for other like I, I I I create my home to bring people in, but I don't I don't edit it for other people. I right. I do me, and you either get in where you fit in or you don't. That's up to you. Absolutely. Oh my god, you guys, I love you both. This was so lovely. 
Theodore, it was such a pleasure. Thank you, pleasure Theodore. Thank you. Nice to meet you as well. Don't you love him, Dad? Oh, I do love him, but you can't tell me to follow him now or, or whatever you call You don't him. know how to follow him. You don't have Instagram. You don't even barely know how to check your email, Dad. Hey, I have Google. <laughs> He's got the Google. I got Google and I got Siri. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you. Love you, babe. Thanks for having me. This was a pleasure. Okay, honey. Thank you. Bye. 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 If you liked today's episode, please leave me a rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening. For more info about me, visit my website at heatherobble.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.